Welcome to the Movies to Watch Before You Die podcast. My name is Gab, and I'm here with my co-host, Dylan. And we are here today to discuss one of my favorite movies and decide whether or not it is a movie to watch before you die. Um, why are you listening to us, though? I am a former actress. I went to school for acting and performance. I feel that I'm very qualified to discuss things like character development, script analysis, and plot devices. I'm a former video editor, and I love movies just like I hope you do, too, dear listener. I feel like you always make me sound like I'm I'm tr- like over explaining myself and you're just like, I don't know, I used to click some buttons and I like to watch a movie. Essentially, that's all video editing is just watch it and click a buttons. Yep. Yeah, I'm like, no, you do, trust I probably me. am oversimplifying while you're probably undersimplifying. That's not the word I'm looking for. Overcomplicating. No. Overcomplicating. That yeah. sounds better. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry, I'll edit that out. No, I won't. No, he won't. He never does. Um, But anyway, we are finally here to discuss a movie that I have chosen, uh, a movie that I love that I think is timeless and classic and hilarious and a movie everyone should watch before they die. And that movie is National Lampoon's Vacation, starring the one and only Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, Randy Quaid, just a, a phenomenal list of uh, of amazing actors. Um, I am gearing up to go on vacation in just a couple of days. It was a great movie to watch in preparation, and I'm excited to uh, hear your thoughts on it, Dylan. I can't believe you've never seen this before. Yeah, now having seen it, I feel like it's a terrible movie to watch uh, to ramp up for your vacation. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely like it's. You know what it is? I used to love this movie before I would go on family vacations, and obviously that's you know we'll get into what the movie's about. Um, but like my. my my best friend Nikki and I used to laugh about it whenever we would go on vacation because like at at some point on every family vacation, the dad has a meltdown, right? Like dads always just lose their shit on family vacations. And I just I love uh, the how relatable it is. Yeah, I guess. Well, before we continue to talk more about it and we're going to get into spoilers, obviously, people, if you listen to any of these, you know, we, we're going to spoil the hell out of this thing. So go watch it and then come back if you haven't seen it like I hadn't. Um, should I talk about what it's about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm getting ahead of myself here. Why don't you tell the listeners what this movie is about? What's this all been about? What am I working toward? You think you know everything about me, don't you? I die, but you're bottom. I bloody well ought to. Without spoiling too much, Vacation is about, um, you know, a father, wife, son, and daughter who, instead of opting to just fly to this theme park and have a great time in a hotel and relax, they decide to make a road trip out of it. And of course, troubles ensue. Like, I feel like that is the simple version of it. It's, you know, it's a road movie, which has been done many times. And this is done to hilarious effect. Yeah. So so to to make it clear how far they're traveling, they're driving from Chicago to California. I believe they specify Los Angeles. I think he says the mileage at one point, and it's like something like two thousand five hundred something miles or something like that. Yeah. It's a long way and it's going to they have two weeks. So if everything goes according to plan, I think it's like five days to get there or three days to get there and three days to get home. And so they end up having whatever it is. They're supposed to have plenty of time in Wally World. Yeah, right. Do you see me trying to do math on the spot? Do you see me Wally literally World. look up into the left? Like, how do I <laughs> Wally subtract? World, which, by the way, is obviously not a stand in for any other theme park in California. Yeah, 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 yeah. Completely yeah. unique idea, of course. Wally yes. World. With Wally um, the moose. He was a moose, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. And they're like, we watch your TV shows. We go to your movies. We da, da, da. It's like, yeah, okay. We own all your games and your stuffed animals. Like, yeah, okay. We know who you're talking about here. It's not subtle. Yeah, yeah. So to give a little bit more context for anybody who hasn't seen this movie, the family vacation begins with um, Chevy Chase, who plays Clark Griswold, um, trading in his old station wagon for a brand new car. And right off the bat, Eugene Levy, the car salesman, um, winds up giving him something that he did not ask for. So they they leave with a, an old beat up station wagon. Uh, and this is the car that they're taking on their cross country road trip. Yes. Oh, I should get to the official oh. IMDb plot summary. How, we're acting like we've never done this before. I know. Right. This, this is the first one, right? Yeah. No, this is 20 something. OK. Yeah. The Griswold family's cross-country drive to Wally World theme park proves to be too much. Nope, it did not say that. Proves to be <laughs> much more arduous than they ever anticipated. Damn it, Dylan, you'll get words right someday. <laughs> okay, the tagline. Every summer, Chevy Chase takes his family on a little trip. This year, he went too far. 
what I find it says odd, Chevy Chase. Yes, what I find odd in a very just straight up marketing move is it does it does not say uh, Clark Griswold takes his family on a little trip. It just says Chevy Chase. That's so bizarre. It is. I feel like maybe if this was one of the sequels, because I know there's like Christmas and Vegas vacation, and then it would probably say Clark Griswold. But maybe it was just a, a marketing move because he was a a big name at the time, I guess. Yeah. So I believe this is the first one that came out. And then I think it goes Christmas, Vegas, European, but I'm not positive. But I will say I watched Christmas Vacation on Christmas, which was not that long ago. And this movie is clearly significantly older than that one. So maybe the order is different. I have literally never seen any of them. Like before we had done this for this episode, I had seen maybe just Close to the end of this one, I think I had seen, like when they first show up to the park. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've seen the bit in Christmas Vacation when he gets uh, his bonus and it's not what he hoped it would be. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so disappointing. You should really watch all of them. But we'll talk about how you felt about it as we go. So, again, to give a little context, they they get this this beat up old station wagon and he he's basically just they're losing from the get go and they start going on this trip and they get lost. They go to visit their redneck cousins who pass off Aunt Edna on them and then they have to drive Aunt Edna home. And of course, Aunt Edna dies on the way. So now they've got to get to Wally World, but they've got this dead body. They end up leaving her in the backyard of her son's house who isn't home so they can just get on their trip. In the pouring rain, yes. In the pouring rain. They have to rob a hotel. They have a horrible camping trip. Like everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong. It does feel like, you know, obviously an exaggerated version of what realistically happens every time you really do try and have one of those like you know, I, I know that my family definitely tried to do this, and I'm sure someday, you know, when I have kids, I'm sure that we as a family will try and do the same thing where it's like, oh, man, you're going to create this special memory. It's going to be this great vacation. You're picturing this perfect thing. And then you forget that life will throw every single wrench at you that it can, because it is just everything that can go wrong does. And yep. it's just like, how far down can you be beaten before you will finally give up is basically yeah. like the real question of the movie. I feel like, because at one point they literally, the rest of the family is like, let's pack it in. <laughs> let's pack it in. And he, Clark Griswold freaks out and he's like, we're not going anywhere. We're on a pilgrimage. A pilgrimage I wrote down to the quote for that one. Yeah. It's so good. But um, what I also love about this movie is the kind of like generational divide where Clark is so excited to take his kids to like the second largest ball of yarn in the world. And the kids don't give a fuck. Well, I feel like now that you use the word love, we should dive into our segment, which is what? Opinion time. Opinion time. In this critic's opinion. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Well, I have a right to my opinion, and my opinion is you have no right to your opinion. You know, it again, that's one of those things that I feel like Clark briefly says it at one point, and it's, you know, something that tells you a bit about him as a character, that he's like, me and my dad always had, like, the worst vacations where we didn't do things like this. And you can tell that, like, you know, the ball twine to him, he's like, the kids will remember and love this, and I'm going to love this, and, like, it really does feel like he sets out to have this perfect trip at each moment. The kids are immediately like, this sucks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, I'm going to start because I, I'm coming into this. I'm not going to lie to you, Dylan. I'm coming to this on the defense because I did watch it a couple. I watched it on Saturday. Today is Monday. And I I thought to myself, ooh, this movie's a little slower than I remember because it is from, I believe, the late 70s. So It is different- 1983. Oh, wow. Well, fuck me then. 1983. (laughs) Either way, it's definitely a a style of filmmaking that we don't necessarily subscribe to anymore, where it's a little bit slower. um, The scenes are a little bit longer. Some of the jokes take a long time to get to the punchline. And so I thought to myself, oh, God, this is this is going to be a tough one to defend. But everything that was funny the first time I saw it is still funny now. It is hilarious when they get to the Grand Canyon. First of all, he's desperate to see the Grand Canyon. Nobody else really wants to go. They're lost. They wind up going the wrong way. He drives the car into like a dead end that ends up going off like a little cliff and they they wreck the car. He has to walk in the desert to try to find a gas station. He starts hallucinating. You think he's going to die. He finally meets up somehow again with the family. And they finally get to see the Grand Canyon. 
and he has stolen money from the hotel that they were trying to check into. And he winds up turning around, looking at the Grand Canyon. He knows they have to leave because they've stolen this money. So he gives it three quick head nods and it's like, all right, let's get in the car. And it's just everything about this movie, all the sight gags, all the the jokes, I think are hysterical. I will say, I think, you know, you were talking about, is it dated? And I, I don't think it's like super slow paced or anything like that. Um, I don't think that there are a lot of side gags. I think what I was most surprised by, and, you know, usually when I take notes, I try and, you know, separately take notes about quotes that I like in particular. And then I'll try and take notes about, you know, either filmmaking things or story beats that I notice. And I found that with this one, it was just all quotes. This was all dialogue driven because it's, it, yeah. you know, a lot of it is just shots in the car of, you know, you got your two shot from the, you know, front view of the parents with the kids in the background. Then you have, you know, one view of Clark. One view of, oh my God, I can't remember his wife's name. Ellen. Uh, Ellen, yes. Which, God, you know what? I will say, since this is opinion time, one thing I do not like about vacation, I strongly dislike about vacation. Man, Ellen deserves better. Oh my God, <laughs> Clark. Yeah. Like, Clark yeah. starts off, and like, I really, I really want to like Clark at the beginning so much because Clark starts off the movie being like, no, let's not fly because I just want to spend time with you and spend time with the kids. And like, he seems to love his wife so much at first. And then he sees a woman in a car who honestly doesn't look that different from his wife. And he's like, yeah, fuck my wife. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I care no more. Let's talk about this because I've always thought this was really interesting. First of all, shout out Christy Brinkley, who Mm -hmm. plays the attractive woman. Um, Also, shout out Billy Joel. Nice job. Um, Is it a Billy Joel song in that scene? No, Billy Joel was married to Christy Brinkley. Oh, I forgot. They have a daughter. Many wives. Yes. Sailor. (laughs) Sailor. Sailor something Brinkley. Um, I actually worked out with her once, um, Sailor. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, Why don't you just pick Chris- up that name and then keep talking? Yeah, yeah. Christy Brinkley, um, I think personally, and I, I, I toy with this at the end now in the swimming pool scene when he actually meets her and they go swimming. I feel like he is that she is just a fantasy. I don't know that I believe that she's real. What are you talking about, guys? So, okay. <laughs> because so, Rusty so... sees her in the pool. Everyone sees her in the pool. Oh, I guess that's true. Like, that's she true. seems, I, you know what? I would agree with you if nobody else talked about that. Because yeah. otherwise, it would just be, it's so weird that she's just at every spot they're at. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's yeah, showing, yeah. like, they're randomly staying intense and she's like, happens to be there and shit. And you're like, <laughs> What the fuck? Like, how they can't get rid of Christy Brinkley? Yeah, we'll see. And I, in in other vacation movies, Clark will fantasize. Like he in Christmas Vacation, when he gets his bonus, he plans on putting in an in ground pool in the backyard. And so there's one night where he's staring outside at the snow falling in his backyard, and he's imagining a, a swimming pool. And it's summertime, and everyone's in Hawaiian shirts, and they're all swimming. And there's like a very sexy lady in the pool. Not his wife. Not his wife. Um. Clark and so sucks. I just always assumed that he was just fantasizing about, you know, another woman. And honestly, I think and I am I want to make this very clear. I am in no way defending what Clark does or how he feels. I also think it's really fucked up. And I am I was actually surprised watching back as an adult that Ellen just kind of let it go um, as quickly she, as she did. She is so ridiculous. It's a quote that I wrote down. <laughs> I want to scroll to it. Where is it here? Please. I don't think I have it written down here. I know she I says something I along the lines he of says, like, "Oh, here it is, Ellen, honey, are you mad?" That's what he says when he goes back in the room. And I'm like, "What do you think, Clark? Do you think yeah. she's mad?" So he went swimming. He went like like skinny dipping with this very attractive woman. And then his wife, like, she's like, "You know what? I will try and go skinny dipping with you." Like, I the turnaround. Is ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And like I said, I'm in no way condoning his behavior. Um, but I feel like I don't know. I just all this time I thought she was fake. And you've it would real- make more sense if she was. Yeah, and that's why I was like, um, you know, she's mad that he stormed out because they had a fight before he left. Um, and you know, whatever. But like, yeah, you're right. Rusty sees her too. The whole um, hotel sees her. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Including his wife. Well, then <laughs> um, he sucks. I don't know. I yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't deal. It's with that. funny. There was an article I happened to read, and I guess like this isn't really a fact. So they were talking about in I guess like 2010 or something like that. Beverly D'Angelo was saying, who plays Ellen, uh, doing another vacation movie with Clark and Ellen in it, and they mm-hmm. would have to be you know going to Dana's wedding. I think was the story of the episode. But they were traveling together, and they were recently divorced was going to be the story and i was like oh. you know what that would make sense like just having watched this movie i was like this woman who is kind of just like a pillar of strength for him the entire time because clark is freaking out all the time which yeah. is reasonable because these are constant situations which anybody should be freaking out during but ellen is constantly doing that thing that i feel like sometimes happens in relationships where it's like you're freaking out i'll be strong in this moment you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, yeah. then when I freak out, you can be strong in that moment. And it never really switches. Like uh-huh. she never, he fucking attempts to cheat on her, except for the fact that a pool was cold. He was like, I'm about to fuck this broad. Yeah. If not yep. for that, if not for the cold temperatures of that water, Clark is ditching her. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, Let me see. There's like two other things. Like there's very little that I disliked about the movie. Obviously, the B plot about infidelity. <laughs> yeah, not a big yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Looking back now, thinking about it in that in that way, like, yeah, I kind of hate that too. But I also oh, see. I was so much cooler with it when I thought it was all made up in his head because I was like, you know, men, men are so, and I, I hate to generalize, especially to your face, but men are so driven by whether or not they feel like they have contributed like I have noticed in my life with family members with relationships men feel good about themselves when they're doing well financially when they feel like they've done something that you appreciate when they're like the hero and in the same way that women feel good about themselves when they feel like they look good when they feel like people are noticing them when they're being flirted with or complimented men feel that way about doing a good job especially when it comes to like their families and whatever so I always kind of understood him feeling like a failure and needing to like imagine that somebody else was attracted to him so he could like leave it all behind and start again because he kind of does fuck up the entire trip um and he is the one that is kind of resistant to the idea of taking a plane and making it easier and even going to hawaii they kind of all hinted that they want to go to hawaii so it made more sense but now it's kind of like ew you like were really about to do that yeah Uh, well the funny thing is too on the trip almost none of it is actually his fault you know what i mean like all these things happen but like None of it is because he did something intentionally. I guess the car getting messed up is, again, during one of those moments. No, is it directly? During one of those moments with Christy Brinkley, he has to veer off the road because of a car coming. Um, But I don't think the car gets damaged in that moment. Um, One other thing he does that, again, you know, maybe it's just who I am as a person growing up as a pet lover. But I did not find the bit of the dog being tied to the bumper and dragged to death. I was like, (laughs) oh, my God. Like the cops. Yeah, but the dog was mean. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, I know. I know. The cop stops him. And I thought the joke was going to be that, like, it was just the collar and the dog is, like, in, in his lap. I was waiting for something to be like, the dog's not actually dead. Because that is straight up. I went to the movies and saw a horror movie uh, on Saturday. And clearly the character kills a dog. And they had the decency not to, like, show or discuss it ever again. It was just like the character calls the dog over and then we never see the dog again. Oh no! This this was more explicit than that. Where they're like, <laughs> "Here's the collar and leash from the dead dog," and he's like, "I'll go scrape up the remains, sir." I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Not funny, man." <laughs> oh like, my god! Like I I feel like if you could watch a graph of like my enjoyment of the movie, I'm like going up, up, up. I'm like, "Ooh, laughs, laughs, laughs," and then all of a sudden I plummet back down to earth, like murder dog. No. <laughs> I just like, love I like, like EKG with like, oh, funny Chevy Chase said, oh, cheating on his wife. Oh, this is funny. Oh, the car, it's messed up. That's great dog. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's so funny that like, I don't know that the dog bit never bothered me. Even as a little kid, it didn't bother me because it just felt like this dog was so, I don't know. I don't I feel know. Like as a little maybe kid, I'm you might understand the gravity of it less also. And you might just be like, sure. it's a mean dog. The dog's gone. Whereas yeah. I'm thinking of like, oh, that cop is scraping up dog organs off the road. That's what's yeah, happening yeah, right yeah. now. I the get cop it. should I have it. put him in jail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite line, ended. that scene is when the, the cop goes, uh, sir, do you know what the penalty is in the state for animal cruelty? And Chevy Chase goes, no, I don't. And he goes, well, I'm sure it's pretty steep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like that, that the cop is like obviously a little inept. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about like, there's only like two more things I can think of that I didn't like. 
Okay. So first, it's it's just a random one-off line. They're getting ready to leave, and I think their neighbors are seeing them off. Mm-hmm. And one of the neighbors goes, watch out for the Indians, Clark. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was that like, I get that that's supposed to be funny, up. but damn, that ain't cool. Yeah. I just think, I think it's uh, it's so indicative of, like, a time when people just didn't go on trips like that. Like, if you think about it in the early 80s, like, not everybody was flying. Not everybody was, like, taking these big trips. Like, people kind of stayed local. And I think it's real. I mean, maybe I sound ignorant because it's, like, it's a little later than I thought it was. But I just still feel like it's it's so, like, these people are clearly, like, not leaving their 50-square-mile bubble. I still think road trips were common. I think it's just meant to be a funny little bit. And it's like, maybe I think it's just a dated joke of like, this you know, a little bit of a racist joke. They just yeah. do a, just a pinch of racism in there. You sure, know what I mean? Sure. And then yeah. we get a, a a little bit of a sprinkling of racism when they make oh one wrong God. turn and end up in a bad neighborhood. And you know what? It would have been funny enough if there's just the moment when I think there's, um, I have it written down here. Yes. We can't close our eyes to the plight of the city. Kids noticing all this plight, and then you use your gunshots, and he goes, roll them up. Now that that alone would have been great. It's the fact that they then have to like get their rib, like their hubcaps stolen, yeah. and like you know clearly be taken advantage of in the hood. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know. What I, I mean? still think that's one of the funniest parts of the fucking movie, and I think the best part is when Clark rolls down his window and starts talking to them, and he says like, um. I don't, I don't even remember what it is he says. He's like, hello, homie. <laughs> like, it's so funny. <laughs> Again, like, just the, the little moment would have been enough if they're just, like, made the wrong turn, and then they're back on the highway. It was the fact that, like, got so extended. And again, was this a huge deal for me? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that and the um, watch over the Indians, Clark, are definitely lower things on, like, my that bothered <laughs> me thing. Way more bothersome was the <laughs> unneeded animal cruelty and the uh, infidelity. Those were, those were way worse. Sure, um, sure. Now, things I did like. Yes, which, again, lay them on me. Mostly just quotes. Okay. Um, I think it's I think her name is Cousin Vicky, Jane Krakowski's character. Yes. She says, I French kiss, and Dana goes, <laughs> not Dana. Oh, I can't remember what the sister's name is. The actress is Dana Barron. Audrey. Uh, Audrey. She goes, Everybody does that. <laughs> and she goes, Yeah, but daddy says I'm the best at it. <laughs> that that was like, oh. And again, another line with the cousins. Um, Rusty is talking with his cousin. And he goes, "Do you have asteroids?" The video game. <laughs> he goes, "No, but my dad does. Can't even sit on the toilet sometimes." And I was like, "Ah, oh, that's good." It's so good. So, so cousin Eddie and his wife, um, Catherine, are like backwoods poor. They're supposed to be trash, yeah. Rednecks. And like if you watch The Simpsons, they're basically like Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel type of family. Yes, 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 yes. And it's so funny to see like the the Chicago people interact with the backwoods people and. Uh, cousin eddie is one of my favorite characters and he appears in all of the vacation movies randy quaid uh so good so funny he was really funny in like the couple moments he's in where he's like yeah can you spare a couple bucks and he's like sure how much you need Put you two thousand dollars or something like that and you just see <laughs> yep. clark just put the wallet away like don't have that <laughs> i love when uh his wife goes she's pregnant and i think it's like her fourth kid and she goes yeah eddie says when the baby comes i can quit one of my night jobs <laughs> <laughs> there's a joke that they do twice that i really like or i guess it's a pattern of joke um here i think it's clark says it in spite of all the problems it really is fun isn't it and i think it's ellen goes no <laughs> you know what I mean? and they yeah. do the same thing later if you were me wouldn't you do the same for your children <laughs> you know what I mean? I like just the yeah. abruptness of it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> when they're bringing Aunt Edna's great aunt, is a great Anna, a great Aunt just, Edna, right? Just Aunt Edna, I think they call her. Okay. When they're bringing Aunt Edna to the nephew's house, um, her corpse, <laughs> they go, "It's raining all over her." What? You can't catch a cold now, man. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line from that whole thing is, "What do you want me to do? Put her in the night deposit box at the funeral home?" <laughs> and here's the one we were talking about briefly before uh when they're all talking about packing it in and clark says this is no longer a vacation it's a quest a quest for fun i'm gonna have fun and you're gonna have fun we're all gonna have so much fucking fun we'll need plastic surgery to remove our smiles and, like so it goes good. on a little bit further than that but i was like that alone is really funny it's so good and he goes uh 
He's like, it's just, I don't even know, because I'm going to confuse with some of the other vacation movies, but it's so good. And then my favorite is that he goes, holy shit. <laughs> um, I think that this is a line from Ellen. We're not really violent people. This is our first gun. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So at the end of the movie, so spoilers, 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 they get to Wally World finally, and they're elated. They they have the chariots of fire playing as they run through the parking lot. They think they're the first people there, and they find out that it is closed for two weeks to uh, for repairs. So Clark immediately puts the family back in the car, goes to a sporting goods store, gets a gun, goes to the park again. And who is there as the security guard but the one and only John Candy? And they hold him at gunpoint and force him to take them on the rides. So that's when Ellen says, we're not typically a violent, we're not violent people. This is our first gun. Two very funny moments with John Candy. Um, When he is rescued by the police and, uh, you know, the owner of Wally World is there. He goes, he kidnapped Wally. Wally, but I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed all your rides. Um, and he asks... Rusty, has your father ever killed anyone before? Oh, just a dog and my aunt Edna. <laughs> yes, that's my favorite. I love that. I love that. It's so good. Um, I love at the end when they decide not to arrest them and because Roy Wally is just like so happy that anybody cares about his park enough to come and do it and to to go through what they went through. It's so good. Yeah, I don't really quite know why he like he sort of. It's just because, like, the movie can't have it end with, like, Clark getting arrested and the whole, they arrest the whole family at first. Like, at yeah. first, they're taking them all in, which I was like, oh. Um, I love yeah, when I they go to wave to him and they're all handcuffed. They're like, <laughs> Clark's like, this is my wife, Ellen, and she waves and she's she's in cuffs. The only other thing that I really had written down was, like, right at the beginning, before they're even on the road, I just wrote down, it's so obviously easier to fly. It's nice that he wants to drive, but impossible to understand why. And like, yeah, the only reason why is because one, we need a movie. And two, because he, you know, he gives the throwaway line of wanting to have like a nice moment with his family that he felt like he didn't have. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, I get it. Like when when I was younger, uh, we used to go to Disney, like probably like once every three or four years. And my parents always wanted to drive. And we only flew like when I was a little, little kid, the the two or three times that we went when I was growing up, we drove from New York to Florida. It was a 24 hour drive. And obviously we did it over two days. It wasn't 24 hours straight, but it was fucking hell. I hated every second of it. Yeah. But my dad was like, this is how we do. It. We're having family fun. We're bonding. This, and I was like, yo, but we hate each other. It's, it's never that. Yeah. It's no. literally just like you keep you put anybody together for that long. It's confused. What's the word I'm looking for? Whatever. Squished into a an aluminum box that is yeah. the car. You're just sardines there. And eventually they're just going to hit boiling points. Yes. Wasn't that a show? Boiling points. That's yes, what it, it is. Was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. And, um, you know, I just it's so relatable. And and I feel like I talk about Clark Griswold all the time. Like anytime I'm like nervous or I'm like a little panicked and I start laughing uncontrollably, I'm like, I'm having a Clark Griswold moment or um, whenever my dad. So we used to drive from Florida. We'd be on our way home and everything would be totally fine until we got to New York. And anytime we got on the Belt Parkway, I used to say the Belt Parkway has made more grown men cry than any other road in the world. Um, and my dad would just have these full blown Clark Griswold like we're never getting home. This is it. We live here now. It's just like. No, the Bell Parkway it, and so like reliable. Staten Island are instant guaranteed traffic, no matter what. Yeah. Not yeah, that that's what yeah. you come to this podcast to hear about, but if you're ever driving <laughs> in the New York metro area, be be wary of Staten Island and be wary of the, the Bell Parkway. Yeah, please. One of these um, places will destroy you mentally. It's so true. But I just think this movie is so funny. And honestly, Dylan, if you liked it, and I'm excited to hear what you what your verdict is. Um you have to watch all the other ones because they're all just as good. And here's my favorite thing about the series, okay? And I won't go too far into this, but in each of the four movies, the kids are played by different actors. So in Christmas Vacation, it's um the kid, the the son, Rusty, is played by the guy who goes on to play um the guy from oh god damn it. Uh uh Big Bang Theory? Big Bang Theory, Johnny yeah, Galecki. yeah, yeah. Johnny Galecki, thank you. And then in European Vacation, the girl who plays Audrey is like a bigger girl. And, and they joke about how Audrey's gaining all this weight and she just keeps getting fatter and fatter and fatter as the movie goes on. Um, 
it's very funny. They're always different actors. The cousins, uh, Eddie and, and Catherine's kids are played by different actors in every movie. But the, the constant characters who remain the same are Clark and Ellen and Eddie and Catherine. And every other character is different. Even his boss in Christmas Vacation is the manager of the hotel that he holds up in Regular Vacation. Brian Doyle Murray. Yes. Uh, Bill Murray's brother. Yeah. Yeah. So I just love that, like, they cycle through these actors. There's always different kids. It's always different cousins. But it's so it's so good. And and all the kids do such a great job. Like the whole series is just phenomenal. But anyway. All right. So I think, you know, to leave you in some suspense, let's get to some facts and then we can talk about whether or not this is a movie to watch before you die. Lay them on me. I want the truth. Face the facts, dokes. Facts have no place with an organized religion. Let us start with the ratings. Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter gives this a 93%, an average Woo-hoo! rating of 7.4 out of 10. Yes. 43 fresh reviews and three rotten. The audience score is 85%, an average score of 4.1 out of 5. Mm-hmm. IMDb, 7.3 out of 10. The film had a budget of $15 million. That's the estimate with a gross of $61.4 million worldwide, but obviously, you know, has Obviously, that's successful anyway, but it's also gone on just to be a classic. Yeah. Um, Critics consensus. Blessed by a brilliantly befuddled star turn from Chevy Chase, National Lampoon's Vacation is one of the more consistent and thoroughly quotable screwball comedies of the 1980s. Yeah, I'd agree. The IMDb featured review. Seven out of ten hilarious road movie. Vacation is a hilarious road movie that makes anyone laugh. The clumsy Clark Griswold provokes very funny situations with his attitudes, supported by his beautiful wife. Unfortunately, this type of naive comedy is forgotten by the studios on the present days. Which I find a little ironic, because I think it's still frequently attempted to lesser success. Uh, Case in point, they rebooted this movie, I think, in like 2015 or something like that, and it bombed. Yeah, it was like Rusty's family vacation. Yes. I think Paul Rudd played Rusty, right? No, I think it's uh, Ed Helms from The Office, I believe it was. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, Some other reviews. Janet Maslin from The New York Times. The result is a confident humor and throwaway style that helps sustain the laughs, of which there are quite a few. Brian McKay from eFilmCritic.com. The first and the best, only rivaled by Christmas Vacation. Revel in the days when Chase was funny. Matt Brunson from Creative Loafing. It's a pleasant diversion with a few memorable bits and a likable cast, but true comic invention is hard to locate in the meandering screenplay by the late John Hughes. Yes, that was one of the negative ones. I can tell from your face you were surprised by that. I was like, whoa. Mike McGranahan from Isle Seat, a timeless comedy, hysterical. Ashen Nomai from Common Sense Media, last one. Funny family comedy, but dated and risque. Sure, but what wasn't in 1983, am I right? I suppose the film was directed by Harold Ramis, who also directed Caddyshack, Groundhog Day and Analyze This and was also one of the stars of Ghostbusters. Uh, Written by John Hughes, who dominated the 80s and also wrote Home Alone, First Bueller's Day Off, The Breakfast Club, Uncle Buck, Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles and more movies that you definitely know. Mm -hmm. Uh, It stars Chevy Chase, who you may know from Community, Three Amigos and Caddyshack. Beverly D'Angelo, which I know I know her from things besides Law and Order and this. And I was like, what was it? American History X. Apparently, I did not realize Entourage, uh, Christmas Mm -hmm. Vacation. And she was just recently in Violent Night. Oh, Um, interesting. Yeah. Anthony Michael Hall, who is from The Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, The Dead Zone and Edward Scissorhands. And Dana Barron, who I found the least things from that I've ever heard of. So I put down Crossbow, Death Wish 4, The Crackdown and Happy Thank You More, Please. And also uh, Randy Quaid plays Cousin Eddie from Independence Day, Kingpin. And I put this one just because I like this movie, not another teen movie. (laughs) So let's get to some of the few facts that I have here. Harold Ramis said in the DVD commentary that the scene where the Griswolds get off the wrong exit in St. Louis and get lost in the hood was one of the most politically incorrect sequences he's ever shot and that it practically demonized everyone involved. He also admitted that he wasn't proud of shooting it the way it appears in the film and that he was not even sure if he would shoot that particular scene today. And if he did, he would shoot it or write it out in a different and more politically correct way. I uh, think it's just comedy. I don't know. I don't think it's that deep. No, I think it's a, a little distasteful. And honestly, like it has one moment that if you had just gone in and got out, it would have just been funny enough. And then I think it just goes on and it does just like Clark looks bad. The people in St. Louis look bad. Everybody looks bad. Sure. Sure. All right. Another director said that shooting is the only time you're making the film worse, said Harold Ramis who goes on to explain that when you're writing, you're constantly fine-tuning and making the best screenplay you can. 
When you're editing, you're putting all the footage you shot together to make a coherent and entertaining film. He notes that actually shooting the film reveals the script to not be as funny as you thought it was. Things don't go as planned, and it never, ever comes out the way you had hoped. Every shooting day is a big challenge, but we were feeling like we were accomplishing something good every day. I just thought that was kind of a, a interesting quote and an interesting way of looking at filmmaking. Yeah, that is very interesting. The bed in the early hotel scene did not actually vibrate. The effect was done with crewmen laying underneath the bed and shaking it by hand. Chevy Chase's wow. shaky voice was pulled off just by the actor doing that himself. Oh, I love that. He's so great. I, I love the idea that there's just two guys into that bed just da, 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 yeah. like trying to shake the bed. <laughs> Chevy Chase adopted Dinky and Edna's dog after filming was completed. Oh, doesn't that make it so much better? Not in the context of the film, but in reality it does. <laughs> the film debut of Jane Krakowski as Cousin Vicky um, and Cousin Daisy Mabel, I think was her name, was played by Harold Ramis's daughter. Aw. Premiere voted the movie as one of the 50 greatest comedies of all time in 2006. Bless. John Hughes's script was inspired by an equally ill-fated family trip to Disneyland when he was five years old, which was Amazing. his National Lampoon magazine article, article, which was what his National Lampoon magazine article, Vacation 58, was about. One of these days, I'm going to send these things to you and just make you read them and see how often you fuck it up. <laughs> Imogene Coca, which I'm guessing, you know, I'm hoping I said right. Uh, that's the actress who played Aunt Edna, suffered what is believed to have been a stroke during production. Harold Ramis said they filmed a scene that morning, and by that afternoon, she couldn't remember anything they did. After getting out of the hospital, she and her husband worked together to relearn her lines and get her back on set to finish the movie, which quite frankly feels a little cruel that they're like, get back out there. Wow, damn. I thought like you were going to say she had a stroke and then she actually died, and that's why they killed her off in the movie. Nope. It feels like when you see a football player have a concussion in the field, like what you think is a concussion, and then he just keeps playing. Like yeah. That's what I'm like. Don't do this. It ain't worth it. <laughs> John Candy was paid a million dollars for his brief appearance at the end of the movie. Wow. And I had read um, that the ending that they did is not the original ending. They had to rewrite it because the original ending did not test well. And it still had Clark uh, going and getting a gun and apparently taking the head of Wally World hostage. Oh, Um, yeah. So people did not respond to that well. Interesting. Well, I think John Candy's performance was worth a million dollars. It was pretty dang good. And I guess it's payback for apparently in Home Alone, he was paid like nothing to do that whole appearance that he has in that movie. Mm, Yeah. In the scene where the Griswolds are in the parking lot staring at Wally World, they're actually looking at the Santa Anita racetrack. Harold Ramis said they cut the racetrack out of frame and replaced it with a hand-painted picture of Wally World. Oh, Which makes sense for why they're parked so far away you know what yeah I mean? yeah yeah. well he says you know we're you're it's a far walk in but when we're getting ready to leave and everyone's jamming up the exit we're gonna be the first ones out which like that i've done like that at city field also yeah like that feels like yeah. a baseball game thing to do like yep uh, absolutely last fact here all the cast members had terrible experiences when it came to filming the scenes inside wally world where they rode all of the roller coasters and other rides in the commentary chevy chase mentions that many of the rides made him and the other cast members vomit Especially since they all had to ride them several times for each take. Dana Barron, who played Audrey, mentioned in the commentary that the coasters made her so sick she had to take motion sickness pills and would pass out on nearby benches between takes. Finally, Anthony Michael Hall mentions that in the shots on the roller coaster where he looks scared, he wasn't acting. His fear in those shots was genuine. That's so funny. I love roller coasters. I'd have done that. I hate roller coasters. And it just reminds me of, uh, have you seen the movie Knocked Up? Yeah. There's an opening montage where they're at a roller coaster. And I always notice at the very end, uh, Jay Baruchel's character is going, I got to get off. I got to get off. I got to get off. <laughs> and I've read before that, like, he legitimately was just terrified of roller coasters. He was a character in the movie and he had to ride that roller coaster like four times. And that was the result by the end of it. And I'm like, dear God, Jen, that's I so funny. why. Well, that's like when we were kids, and we used to go to Adventureland. It was no fun going with you because you didn't want to go on the rides. No, I stayed off the rides and ate fudge usually. <laughs> yeah, with my dad and me and Zach went on the rides. Um, yeah, Zach, all right. Zach goes on every ride. You you go on lots of rides. I, I don't need that. I'm okay. Yeah, you, you are, know you like? are annoying. I like bumper cars. Okay, so now that that wraps up all the facts, let's get to our verdicts. But before we get to our verdicts and tell you what we think about vacation, do you want to do you want to do some mail? Mail time. When you control the mail, you control information. Mom asked me to ask you if there's any mail for us here by mistake. What? You know, Dylan, how come it's always male and never female? Do you do you want to do some female? No, I mean, I'd rather do mail, if I'm being honest. All right. Let's get to some comments. (laughs) I feel like that joke didn't really land the way I wanted it to. 
<laughs> I feel like it landed on me like a pile of bricks. <laughs> you so, are crushed beneath the weight of my joke. All right. Yes. Let's do it. We got a couple comments from our Wag the Dog episode with Keen Machine. Loved it. First, we got Scotty Cameron. Yes, I do live in the Midwest, specifically in the Kansas City area. I work on the Kansas side and I attend college on the Missouri side. Funny thing about Venmo is that my boss has had us set up Venmo for tips whenever there is a holiday and the banks are closed, so he couldn't withdraw cash for our weekly tips. Which is funny because he still never Venmoed any tips yet. I've always received them in cash, even after setting up Venmo. I did receive $15 in my Venmo account a while after setting it up. Then I spent $10 on a raffle at the college, so now I only have five left in my Venmo. I would gladly give a dollar to each and bump it down to $3 in my Venmo. Look what you have done, Gav. <laughs> I mean, he can say he'd gladly do it all he wants, but like fork over the money. <laughs> Come oh on, my I, God. Still, I only have $1 in my Venmo right now, and it's from Keen Machine. <laughs> Scotty, I do not want your money. <laughs> Don't send Gav money. Don't send money to us. <laughs> I'm just saying, do you remember over the pandemic when TikTok like exploded and people on TikTok were literally like, if all of my followers send me a dollar, I'll be a millionaire. And people just started doing it. I, I have no knowledge of this because I've only ever used I used TikTok for like a month once. And that's because my niece and nephew were on it. And then I was yeah, like, I, I'm done with this. Yeah, I don't have it on my phone anymore because I downloaded it during the pandemic. And then all of a sudden it was three days later. <laughs> also, that's the exact same <laughs> logic I had when I said, if you get two people to listen to this and they get two people to listen to this, eventually eight billion listeners on this podcast alone. Yeah, it's sound logic. Then you convince a dog to listen to it and a cat. Trillions. We're in the trillions now. Yeah. So next we have a comment, and this is going to be a deep reference that you will not understand from the Sewer King. The Sewer King is a one-off villain from a Batman the Animated Series episode. Oh, I thought the Sewer King was coming to talk about my flushing tampons. <laughs> no, we were past your flushing tampons. You're the one who has now brought that back into conversation. So that is your fault. All right. I'm sorry. The Sewer King said a very keen episode. Yes, 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 it was. So that's that is the way that the Sewer King talks. <laughs> I will now move on. Do we really just take a full 60 seconds of this podcast episode for that? That was like 15 seconds. <laughs> All right. Between the setup and now this, it was like a minute. Move on. Keep talking about my setup. You're going to get a punchline. You hear me? <laughs> All right. That was good. Let's get to some. Thank you. Let's get to some emails. First, we got another email from Vitz. Uh, I believe it was Vitz who did the previous uh, Six Degrees of Separation Yes. Where's last time? So let's see. Let's see what you got for us. Wag the dog or how I learned to start worrying about our political system. Is it a political? Oh, I botched sure. it. I botched it immediately. Yep. Is it a political satire or did we rip back the curtain to see the puppet masters of our political system? This movie is all caps rock solid. He didn't type all caps. I said that, that was very Trumpy to me. This movie is all caps. <laughs> <laughs> You have a great cast starring De Niro and Hoffman, who previously shared the screen in Sleepers, also starring Kevin Bacon. Sleepers wow. is a much sadder movie, though. I, I, It's a good movie. I don't recommend it for a fun time. And we'll return together in 2004 for Meet the Fockers. And even the smaller characters are still big, recognizable names in comedy today. You have great writing and storytelling on topics that are still very relevant to this day, especially in our height of fake news. The jury may be out if the ending seems to be fitting. In my opinion, I thought it was perfect. The sudden heel turn seemed a little out there. I felt that the talk, the talk show host discussing that the commercial is getting all the credit for the re-election justifies his decision for wanting his piece of the credit, since the whole time he was nonstop on his reputation. And if you can't keep your mouth shut, well, you are met with an untimely demise. And to me, it was a very fitting ending, and any loose ties that may have been out there, any questions never answered, what about it? They brought you home, and isn't that what matters most? And what this movie is all about. That's how I felt about the ending, too, that I was like, "That's there's no other way this could have ended. I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think I think the only like weird left turn would have been if we didn't know that Dustin Hoffman's character wanted his recognition the whole time. Like he he there were moments where he claimed he didn't, but he did. And so therefore it makes sense. Every yeah, all he, of it makes sense. He always makes it evident before pulling back like no, no, it's fine. No, no. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree, Vix. As it was mentioned, if it wasn't for the phones, laptops, and lack of social media, who is to say this couldn't take place in the present, or maybe be a documentary? For myself, I do recommend this as a movie to watch before death. Hell, you should see this before the next presidential election just for the fun of it. A true underrated comedy where the satire is timeless and the conspiracies ring louder than the Illuminati. Ooh, we have some recommended follow-up movies in the oh. vein of Wag the Dog. Man of the Year, also directed and written by Barry Levinson. Primary Colors, 
Dave, and the Manchurian Candidate. God bless the men of the 303 vets. That's amazing. Love that. Have you that. seen any of those movies? No. Have you seen any movies? <laughs> no, never. Oh, no. How? What episode is this? That's how many movies I've seen. Okay, good to know. I have seen um, Manchurian Candidate, and that is a, that's a good movie. The original I like better than the remake, but both are good. Interesting. So on the subject of Wag the Dog, um, just because it's it's what we're currently talking about, which I guess is what on the subject means. Um, <laughs> so that's how today's going. Um, Corey did not watch that movie with me. I watched it by myself, but he did listen to the episode and is very interested in seeing it. So I think I'm going to watch it again. Um, uh, and I'm excited to watch it with him. And I just wanted you to know that our episode made him want to watch it so i just feel like we're really good at this i so also think virtual high five we're high-fiving the zoom camera i do think it's a very good thing if it obviously it's movie to watch before you die but if we are like oh we got to go out and make somebody else watch this like i made Giselle watch this movie too and she enjoyed did it. she like it okay yes good, this good, wasn't good. like many of the other things that i've made her watch where she sat through it for me this she enjoyed <laughs> good i'm excited to watch it again i'm excited to watch it with him too yeah i wonder if he'll notice anything more yeah our next email from Scotty Cameron on Wag the Dog. Hey, Dylan and Gab. Great show as always. Listening to the episode on Wag the Dog, it surprises me that I haven't seen it given my field of study, poli sci. Hmm. I guess when it comes to political films, I always watch biopics or films about true events with the exception of Don't Look Up. I will definitely have to watch Wag the Dog now. The discussion with Keen was excellent, and I'm glad the three of you found a movie to watch before you die. I couldn't help but to think of Adam McKay's film Vice when discussing how the president doesn't really control the government. It's really the people in his or her inner circle, particularly when the film goes to Dick Cheney's role in the Bush administration. Did you see Vice? No. Why Why do I, why do I ask? Why do I keep asking? I don't know, but you asked me to do this podcast with you, so that's, that's on you. Point. Vice is very good. I think it's still on Hulu, so I would recommend that. Uh, full confession, I do listen to Alex Jones purely for laughs and the insane garbage that comes out of his mouth. That's okay. If not, I for listen the... to Dylan for the same reason. Oh, oh my uh, god! I'm having gotcha. chest pains from that. That hurt. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was that was. Yeah, that was wrong. That was rude. You roasted me good there. That was pretty good. I'm not even mad. Thank you. Um, Alex Jones would be hysterical if not for the fact that he's actually like melted people's brains. Moving on. <laughs> oh wait, I had something to say about that. Um, god damn it, what was it? Scotty Cameron. Alex Jones. Holly Sy- no, it was before then. Uh, can you can you skim that message for me one more time? This feels like a thing to cut out. <laughs> I mean, cut it out if you want to. I don't really care. Listening to the episode on Mike the Dog, it surprised me that I haven't seen it given my field of study. Polly Sy, I guess when it comes to political films, I always watch biopics or films about true events. Oh, thank you, of- thank you, thank you. Okay, okay, I'm there, I'm there. Okay, <laughs> so remember how I told you that I was dating that guy, John? Uh, Scotty will like this. I was dating that guy, John, and I broke up with him because he said all those weird like, like, yeah, see, she's got more issues than a Time magazine. Remember that? Yeah, he was talking about you like you were some terrible flapper from the 20s. Exactly. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, Anyway, the girl he was talking about, the roommate that I had, her name was Lily. You can keep this the fuck in. You don't have to edit out her name. (laughs) I hope she'll never hear this, but I hope she does. She's a bitch. Anyway, Lily wouldn't say biopic. Lily said biopic. You know, I've heard people say biopic before. Hate it. Hate and it. I'm never sure if I'm right or wrong. It's like saying aunt or aunt. And I feel like I say aunt, but I think aunt is like the right pronunciation. I say aunt too. And you know what? You know what people really give me fucking shit for when I when I talk about my mom's best friend, our aunt. Yeah. Why do people give you shit for that? Say it. Aunt Dawn? Aunt Dawn. What's <laughs> the problem? I don't know. It's just Aunt Dawn. I guess Aunt Dawn. I think people want us to say Aunt Dawn <laughs> or something, but I'm, that's not where I'm from. I'm from that Long feels Island. So thick with the pronunciation as well. Aunt Dawn. It's too much. It rolls off of our very New York tongues. We got to say, get out of the way, rat. I'm talking to my aunt. Yeah, my Aunt Dawn. Anyway, I'm just, I just, I, I love you. That's all. Okay. Anyway, it's, it's biopic. It's not it's biopic. biopic. It's biopic and Aunt. And if you say it the other way, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. And you yes. can meet me on the Southern State. I'll kick your ass. We will meet you at the donkeys on the corner and we will fuck you <laughs> up. <laughs> that, that was the where Taco Boston, New York, whatever. <laughs> yeah, honestly. The, 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 all right. Well, anyway, go ahead. All right. <laughs> Back to Scotty's <laughs> email, which is where this somehow started. Yes. 
as far as my guesting on the show, I have three films in mind. <laughs> I'm sorry. This whole situation is just still so funny. Go ahead. Scotty's coming on the show. And what movies are we We did watch? invite him on now. We did. <laughs> so we did. It's fair now. <laughs> Source Code, Bumblebee, and Insomnia. I have seen none of these. Insomnia, based on a previous recommendation I made in a reference to a comment about Robin Williams being overrated. Bumblebee, based on the soundbite from the Comet episode. Lastly, Source Code, which is the film I'd like to discuss in hearing that you like films that reward rewatchability when talking about Wag the Dog, I think Source Code is a brilliant sci-fi flick that has really been lost to time with the IP franchise bombardment. That's where I leave. What's IP? Uh, intellectual property. Oh. You know, like already established things, like your, your superheroes and your... Uh, your superheroes. <laughs> I, should have, I should have those Star Wars. Uh, got it. Got anything it, got Disney it. has made for the past 10 years. Got it. Okay, I'm yeah. there. That's where I lean. I'll throw it to you which film sounds the most appealing. He gave me the Days for a Spring Break, which I will talk about with you off of the camera. Okay. That and the summer will be the best time to record. Sincerely, Scotty. The Mr. summer? Cameron, if you're nasty. No, it doesn't say that. Oh, okay. We have one final email. From our previous episode's guest, The Keen Machine. Ah. R.E. Wag the Dog. Greetings, Dylan and Gab. Thanks again for having me on to discuss Wag the Dog. I had a blast and I'm thrilled this film can officially be categorized as a movie to watch before you die. Excited for another great episode this week. Gab, I'm honored I could secure the top spot in your regs. And I'm also glad the Gab I found on Venmo was the right one. Until next <laughs> time, keep it keen. Love it. He's the best. Sorry, he's the best. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Scotty. It is it is based solely on bribery and has nothing to do with the qualities of either of you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. And also to everybody else listening, i.e. both of our significant others. Y'all know what to do if you want to be up in this up in this list. Top top spot. Are you telling my wife to pay us? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm telling your wife to pay me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And only if she cares about being my favorite listener. I will say this, and I've said this to you before, and I'll say it again. I'll scream it from the rooftops. Um, I love Giselle more than you, and she's the best member of our family. She's my favorite family member of all of my family members. I can't disagree with any of that. No. Like, yeah. sometimes Corey's like, oh, yeah, you know, and I'm like, yeah, Giselle, Giselle. Giselle. Yeah, she's pretty great. Puts up with yeah. a lot. So anyway, but you know, she can still Venmo me if she wants to. I'll, you I'll can't Venmo her. me I'll because she wants to Venmo you. Oh, no, no, no. You have Venmo. It's Uber you don't have. So you can't Uber to me. I can't Uber but you or could cash Venmo app, me. But I can Venmo. <laughs> right. Cash app. Oh, I also have Zelle. Boy. Oh, yeah. My mom uses Zelle. Zelle seems to be like the old person <laughs> transfer message. Yeah. Well, and honestly, Zell's better because it just like shows up immediately. There's no waiting period. Do you have to wait on Venmo? No, you have to wait to transfer it to your bank account. You don't have to yeah. wait to get the money though. No, 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 no. But like, what good is the money in Venmo to me if I need it in my bank account? You know what I don't appreciate through Venmo? They're like instant transfer for 3%. And I'm like, all right, get your grubby claws out of your Venmo. That's really messed up. But also like I've had to do it. Sad. I've been in some some shady situations, I guess. Anyway, These are dark times where you're like, this Venmo is going to get me through the next two weeks. <laughs> yes, honestly, uh, especially like living that personal trainer life. It's like, yo, I cannot wait for this money. I need it now. Anyway. And on that note. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I need our listeners to Venmo me. It's what I'm saying. Oh, Please Venmo Gav. She's in desperate need of your Venmos. <laughs> I live in a cardboard box. <laughs> Please help me. This I I absolutely hate everything we've done in this segment. And I wish this we could do it again. Okay, here we go. Best fail segment yet. Let's get back to our verdicts right. for the Chevy Chase classic. Yeah, vacation. here we go. John Candy. Do or do not. There is no try. The guilty will be punished. Sentence to death. Well, I will go first. Um. I love this movie. I love this franchise. I love these characters. I think it is so relatable. I think it is so timelessly funny. Um, I have spent so much of my life quoting Clark Griswold, referencing Clark Griswold, and slowly becoming Clark Griswold. And I think this is undoubtedly a movie to watch before you die. I fear for you slowly becoming Clark Griswold. <laughs> um, so right after I watched this, Giselle says to me, should I watch it? And I went, only if you really want to. 
And she went, I don't really like Chevy Chase. And I went, okay, don't. <laughs> and that was pretty much like, that was enough for me to say, it was pretty dang funny. If you are interested in it, if you like Chevy Chase, sure, it's good. I'll probably never watch it again. <laughs> um, oh, I'm no. sorry. It's good. No, it's no, Dylan, don't, not die. the birdcage. Don't, don't pull another birdcage on me. Um, I probably like it better than the birdcage. And still, <laughs> it's not quite a movie to watch before you die. I cannot fucking believe this. I'm right on Defend precipice. yourself. Explain um, to me why. Yeah, First of all, who doesn't like Chevy Chase? I'd like a word with all, your wife. I think most people who work with Chevy Chase don't. It has come okay. out that he is the worst person. Like, he is awful, apparently, to other really? people. Yes. Really? No. That I have never heard. I, I almost exclusively hear people say bad things about him as an actual person. Did I ever tell you about the time I saw Bill Murray in person? Just pick that name up. Uh, sure. Tell me about it. No. Okay. So the reason I said this is because I thought to myself, well, Brian Doyle Murray seems to like him. And then I realized I had no context for that other than that he's been in some of these movies. And um, then it reminded me of the time that I saw Bill Murray. So I used to live around the corner from the um, uh, Lincoln Square uh, AMC movie theater. And someday last year, I actually went to see Corey do um, sketch comedy. And I took a cab home because I had to wake up really early the next morning. And the cab uh, wasn't able to get me to my front door because the AMC had closed a couple of blocks around Lincoln Square mm -hmm. um, because they were doing a premiere of the new Ghostbusters movie. So the guy okay. like dropped me off on the corner. I got out. I started walking and I saw inside the AMC Bill Murray. Oh, I thought there was going to be more interaction than that. You just saw him from a distance. Yeah, but from like 40 feet away. How close have you been to Bill Murray? I've been closer to a TV with Bill Murray on it, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, okay, you're right. Well, that doesn't count. So anyway, um, I bet Bill Murray likes him. I saw Kelly Ripa one time. Get out. Yeah, that's about it. That's the, that's, that's <laughs> the end of that story. I saw her from like 40 feet away. No, no, no. I don't mean get out like I don't believe you. I mean like end this Zoom meeting and never talk to me again. <laughs> get out. Do you just hate Kelly Ripa? Who's that <laughs> no, I, just, I feel like how dare you put Kelly Ripa? Who gives a fuck about Kelly Ripa? Although that She's same apartment, sweetheart. <laughs> that same apartment that I lived in where I saw Bill Murray was around the corner from where they film live with Kelly and Ryan. Oh. Yeah. They well, which ABC is, now, is that Kelly and Michael Strahan now? No, it's Kelly and Ryan Seacrest. No, he doesn't do it anymore, does he? Oh no, does he do it now? And Michael Strahan? Yeah, Strahan did it. Did it? Yeah, earlier. they didn't like each other for some reason. Yeah, because I bet Kelly Rip is a bitch. I bet she and Chevy Chase are cut from the same cloth. I bet you could take Strahan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand um, why people don't like him. Okay, anyway, so let's let's put the personal stuff aside. He's funny. You know what? I will say, watching this movie because I've seen him in you know a few other things, and I've never been blown away by him. Watching him in this movie, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? He's he carries this movie. Yes. This movie like lives and dies with his performance, and he's pretty dang funny. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, not enough that I'll ever watch one of the other vacations. You know what I mean? Unless like not even Christmas, you have to watch Christmas. Eh, you know what? I like. It's the same feeling. I was just as surprised when I like you love Die Hard, and you were like, "I'm not gonna watch one of the other Die Hards." Like, don't push your luck. That's kind of my feeling with Vacation. I was like, I really liked Vacation. Uh, not enough to watch another Vacation. I'm just so confused, Dylan. I thought that. So why, why, how could you say that you like it? You really liked it. You laughed. It was all quotes. You thought it was so funny. I guarantee you're going to quote this movie again in your life. And it, where, where's the line between I liked it and it's not a movie to watch before you die? The line is probably, uh, it's really honestly, even if not for the two things that I strongly disliked, is it so funny that I do think I'm going to go around quoting it the rest of my life? No, I don't think so. Um, and you know, the pinches of racism, animal cruelty and infidelity on top, just make for a, a Sunday that I couldn't stomach. You've got to give Christmas vacation a fair shot because maybe, it's, maybe it's far less risque. Yeah, if you want to suggest that uh, next time we're around that season, we could totally do that as an episode, too. Okay, fine. I'm, go I'm going to. Like, I might like that more because I feel like I've heard people talk about Christmas Vacation just as much as I've heard people talking about the original Vacation. Yeah, Christmas Vacation. And and like I said, having watched them both within close quarters, um, I think Christmas Vacation is probably funnier. I think Christmas Vacation moves a little faster and it's less, um, it, it teeters less on that, like, what's acceptable line is there less i'm going to actively cheat on my wife in it there 
Because that, that... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. There's one. Wait, there's, there's one not... scene. There's one scene where he flirts with a a um a an employee at a clothing store, but nothing it nothing is going to happen. But nothing Rusty does as, come up and see him do that. Skinny dipping with uh, another woman. Yeah, yeah. They they remain fully clothed, but at okay. one point she's like, "Oh, are you shopping for your wife?" And he's he's clearly wearing a wedding ring, and he goes, "This, oh no, this, uh, I." Uh, and you know, he like explains away how he's wearing a wedding ring and says he doesn't have a wife. And then Rusty comes up and is it's like, just, "It's just the grimiest behavior." I know, I know, but men are pigs. Men are pigs. They are. You're you're <sighs> no better. I'm sure you're great. You're probably the best husband ever. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> you really you're, reeled that back. Yeah. I'm like, as I'm saying, like, I'm like, you no, you're too. one of the good ones. I love you. You're great. You and Giselle are great. Giselle's the best. She deserves nothing but the best. And don't you fucking forget it. Okay. You know what? Okay. Let's move on. From this part. <laughs> All um, right. So, so I feel I, like I'm if you like road trip movies, watch it. If you like Chevy Chase, watch it. If you're just looking for a pretty funny movie, watch it. But do I think you must see it? No. I do not. But you still think Vampire's Kiss you must see. I think Vampire's Kiss for Nicolas Cage's performance is a must see. Which, by the okay. way, have you seen the trailer for the movie Renfield? No. What is it? It's a movie coming out next year in which Nicholas Holt plays Renfield, who is the um, servant. Uh, I'm trying to remember the specific word. I watch what we do in the shadows. They call them this all the time. Whatever. He's the servant. He brings the food to Dracula, who Butler? is played by Nicholas cage he's playing dracula he's playing dracula in Renfield. wait we have to go together i feel like that should be the first like live recording of it yes in person <laughs> yes. recording yes let's do it let's we'll do record it. it from inside the theater that's amazing yes so nicholas wow. cage finally he is a vampire he is a vampire <laughs> it's a date i'm excited that sounds great um when does it come out i think april i'll have to look that okay up. Okay, we'll put it in the calendar. It was I um, made Giselle watch a bunch of trailers the other day, including Evil Dead Rise, which she was terrified by, and I'm very excited for. Oh my god, I don't want that. Oh, side note. Um, now I feel like we're just talking offline. Uh, anytime you want to do a horror movie, like like a true horror movie that is maybe not from the 70s, um, I I recently expressed that I have never actually been scared by a movie before. I think that's a lie, and you know it. But okay, no, it's not a lie. What movie would you think would have scared me? I watched The Exorcist, wasn't scared. The Ring. I think you just don't watch scared. enough horror movies, probably. Blair Witch Project, go fuck yourself. So, like, do jump scares get you at all? I don't know. Maybe. Do you know what I mean when I say jump scare? Yeah, I'm not a fucking idiot. Yes. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Could go either way. Um, I mean, I guess they get me as much as the next person, but I've never left a movie been and scared. been like, I'm going to have nightmares. Not even as a kid? No, because as a little kid, I probably saw like fucking gremlins and almost shit my pants. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I don't know. I just it, it never really got me. You know what was the, the scariest movie experience of my life outside what? the theater? I was watching. Um, I want to say it was The Grudge with my mom. And uh -huh. I, I think I've told you about this before. I was cuddled up behind my mom because I was all scared and she got jump scared and she threw her elbow back directly into my face. <laughs> Most terrifying part of the movie when you take a when you take a bow to the face, terrifying. Um, I watched The Grudge alone by myself on Halloween night, and it didn't scare me. Well, aren't you just too cool? I guess so. With your forty feet distance from Bill Murray, and you're not getting scared <laughs> at The Grudge. I am the coolest All person right. that you know. We have totally rambled off the tracks. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. We kind of um, reeled this bad boy back in. All right. So you're you're saying it's not a movie to watch before you die. I'm disappointed, but what can you do? What yes. are we doing next week? Uh, you know what? I'm like, should I pick one? I feel like I normally try and pick one that's a little more mainstream because I'm like, we should have people watch this. But I'm going with one that is just a movie that I just love and you're probably going to hate. Oh, Jesus Christ. What is it? The Legend of Billie Jean, which is such an 80s movie that I bet almost no one has ever heard of. So I recommend that you watch it before next week, peeps, because The Legend of Billie Jean, to me, is a movie to watch before you die. And we'll see. What I have that questions. Comes. I have yes. questions. Number one, are we talking about the Michael Jackson song? This has nothing to do with Michael Jackson. Then I'm not interested. You're Okay. But you have to watch it. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like Nicholas Cage now, Vampire's Kiss. You have to do what I say. And you have to watch it. The most terrible <laughs> movie in all the world. And you have to. Um, <laughs> I fucking love Vampire's Kiss. All right. All right. Um, fine. Okay. Fine. Whatever. All right. 
So come back next week to hear us talk about The Legend of Billie Jean. If you want to reach us with a voice message, you can send one to anchor.fm slash movies to watch, or you can send us an email at movies to watch before you die at gmail.com. Also, please just email in and tell Dylan how wrong he is about vacation. I would love to hear how wrong I am or how right please. I am. I'm good with either one. I just please. I just want to talk. I just want the to talk. The thing Peach. is, Keen Machine and Scotty Cameron have probably never seen this movie. So if you're out there and you have seen this movie, please come to its defense. You don't know that. Don't judge Keen and Scotty's movie knowledge. I'm just saying. Scotty Scotty has told me numerous times that in between Transformers 3 and 4, he would often watch Vacation. Yeah. Not okay. really, but maybe you do, Scotty. I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we hope to have a movie that we agree upon again soon. And until then, send in your recommendations. This is no longer a vacation. It's a quest. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn spiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. <laughs> I got to be crazy. I'm on a pilgrimage to see a moose.